so awesome. Isn't God good? Isn't God amazing? Aren't you thankful for what he's done in your life and what he's doing in your life today? Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good tonight. Got me out on the edge here. I can't see good at night, but I got my training wheels on, so I'll be all right. I'll be all right. I got my training wheels on, but I got a word, um, and the title of it's From Here to There. From Here to There. From Here to There. How do you get from where you are to where you want to be? You know Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts and plans I have for you, say the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a future and hope. You know Ephesians 2, 10, it says that he has prepared things in advance for you. He's got a plan. He's got a purpose. He's got things prepared out there for your life. But how do you get from where you are to where you want to be? How do you get from here to there? Because how many of you know things change? Things can change from here to there. Oh, I remember. Oh, baby, I remember when my girls were little and they were going to elementary school, driving in the minivan, had sticky notes on the window. You know what I'm talking about. Pull in. Sydney, she was a leg hugger. Had, she hugged my leg all the way to the line. Kelsey, I had to carry her all the way to her line. And Sierra, I had to stand with her in her line. But things have changed from here to there. I got two at Kamiakin now. Oh, happy day. We pulled up the first day. I looked at him, said, hey, grab your backpack. Got your lunch? Good. Love you. Get out of the car. I mean, things have changed from here to there. I pulled out of there, and I was singing this song. I feel good. Dun-dun-dun, dun-dun-dun. I knew that I would now. Dun-dun-dun. I mean, things have changed from here to there. How many know things can get crazy in between here and there? I mean, things can get crazy between here and there. I live in an apartment once a year. They do inspections. Got the notice on the door. Says, hey, we're coming in. Do an inspection. If you got an animal, get a cage, put it in the cage, and uh, make sure it's caged up. I don't have a cage. Got a big cat. (laughs) Big cat. I'm not going to buy a cage. I thought, what am I going to do with the cat? Came up with a plan. They're coming in on Monday. My shop's closed on Monday. I'll take the cat down to my shop, do my errands. Later on, pick up the cat. Cool. But things can get crazy from here to there. How do you know that? Especially with a cat. So I'm kind of a redneck. I'm from southern Oregon. And uh, I see things a little differently sometimes. So I'm thinking, i got to get the cat down there. What am I going to do? So I grab the laundry basket. Hey, get the laundry basket. Come here, kitty, kitty. Put the cat in the laundry basket. I love the cat. It doesn't really like me, but I like the cat. Put the cat in a laundry basket, looked around, found a box. Put the box over the top of the cat. I'm kind of a hick. Picked up the laundry basket, and I was on my way out to the car. I thought to myself, man, you ever have one of those moments you, you realize what you're doing? You think, man, I hope the neighbors don't see what I'm doing because the cat's going. So I get the cat, cat in the back seat in the laundry basket. We're heading down Clearwater, 40 miles an hour. I mean, things can get crazy from here to there. All of a sudden, baby, that box flew off the top. I mean, these claws. We're not really into that cat trimming claw thing. I mean, it had some daggers, man. I mean, some claws that came out of there. Claws up in the air. And I mean, this cat sheds. It sheds. I mean, it was just a big fur ball in the back. It flew up on top of the 
the uh, headrest on the back seat, claws stuck in the side going down Clearwater. Looked like he was surfing. I'm like, hey, get back in that laundry basket right now. How many know things can change? Things can get crazy from here to there. Things can change from here to there. Life can get crazy from here to there. But if you begin to build the right structure, God will take you from here to there. But it starts, there's four things that are found in Acts chapter 9. There's four things that will help us build the right structure to get from where we are to where we want to be. It starts with the right position, which is prayer. It starts with the right questions. It starts with the right direction, and it starts with the right connection. These four things, they build the structure in your life to get you from where you are to where you want to be. It's kind of like if you go down to the Blue Bridge, you're in Kennewick, and you want to get to Pasco. What do you got to do? I don't care how much you flap your wings, you ain't flying over to Pasco. I don't care how much you dance. Praise God, you are not going to get over to Pasco. You got to get on the structure And you can walk, crawl, drive backwards. I don't care what you do. But eventually you'll get over to the other side. These four things, if you apply them to your life, you'll get from where you are to where you want to be. You'll get from here to there. All right. Acts chapter 9, verse 1 and 2. Need a little drink here. It says, Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogue in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. So let me, let me um, kind of explain this. Kevin translation of what is going on in this situation. Saul's a Pharisee. His name is Paul, but they called him Saul here. You know, it's kind of like my name's Kevin Steve Goman. It's, I'm, I got three things going on. Saul, Paul, it's all the same thing. So you hear Saul, it's Paul, it doesn't matter, you know, whatever. Saul was a Pharisee. He was a religious man. He was a churchgoer, but his life was way off course with God. He got some of his Pharisee friends together. He had radical Nick. And uh, uh, let's see, uh, Righteous Ryan (laughs) had some of his Pharisee friends together, saddled up the horses, they packed them with chains, and off they went from Jerusalem to Damascus, from here to there. Saul was uttering threats with every breath. I mean, he was talking like Ozzy Osbourne. He was mad. He was upset. He was mad at these Christians. He thought they were spreading heresies. And on his earbuds... I mean, he was cruising on that horse. He had his earbuds in. He had the metal lyrics from the, the, the hit song, Pharisees on the Rise, was playing back in the day. It was a radical band back in Jerusalem back in the day. And, and I got some of the lyrics. I pulled them up. And it went kind of like this. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 smash me some Christians, rake their eyes, spit on the grave, squish the jelly from their eyes. Dun, 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 dun. I mean, Saul was twisted, man. He was messed up. He was a religious man, but he was way off course with God. Verse 3, 
As he was approaching Damascus on his mission, a light from heaven suddenly showed down. I mean, a Hollywood spotlight come down, and he fell to the ground. I mean, he fell to the ground hard. His foot was caught up in the chains. And I mean, here comes Jesus. And Jesus is singing a different tune. Dun, dun, dun. Another one bites the dust. Yeah, dun, dun. I mean, Saul hit the ground. He hit it hard. Foot caught up in the chains. He's having a, a come-to-moment Jesus meeting. I mean, he's got the snot boogies, the tears. He's got it all going on. And Jesus, he hears a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? But this is point one. It starts with the right position, which is prayer. That's where, that's where Saul started. He came in on his high horse, had an encounter with God, got down low. It starts low. It starts with God. It starts with prayer. In your life, if you want to build a bridge from here to there, it always starts with God. It always starts low, and it always starts with prayer. The goal in prayer, I mean, we get all kinds of weird ideas when we think about prayer. And uh, the goal really in prayer is just to connect with God. It's just talking to God. And uh, I remember the first time I connected with God in prayer was 1995. Before that, anytime I got pulled over, I'd do them little prayers. You know how you do. Oh, Jesus, please don't let them find the meth in the car. You know, oh, let them not find the weed. Back in the day, those were the kind of prayers, but I never connect with God. I just talking, talking prayers. But the first time I connected with God in prayer was 1995. I'd been a meth addict for about 10 years. My life was empty. I mean, it was so empty. I got to the point in my life where, man, it was just empty. I was just broken. Um, but I had a friend that kept inviting me to church. He's like, come on, man. Come to church with me. I'm like, nah, I ain't going to church with you, man. Come on, man. Finally, man, my, my life just got so empty. I was just like, man, I don't care. I'm going to go. I just needed something in my life. And uh, so it's 1995. It's a long time ago. Um, I finally came to church. After service, I remember he asked me, hey, you want to go up and pray? I'm like, yeah, sure. It was kind of a weird, you know, they had the old organs up there on the stage. It was, it was weird back in the day. Um, but they had, we went up front, they had these old school altars. You ever see those old school altars? They got the little pad, you know? They had this little wooden thing. They had a little wooden pad with carpet on it, a little green carpet. It was kind of weird. So we went up there, we knelt down. I didn't care. I knelt down. I didn't, uh, I didn't have any fancy prayer to pray. I didn't know any worship songs. I didn't even know any hallelujahs yet. Nothing. I didn't have anything going on. I didn't know nothing about God. But I know that I needed God. And I got down on that little altar thing, and all I could say, here was my prayer. Help me, God. Help me, God. You know, if you see someone drowning, you never, you never hear them yell, can you help me? Will you help me? No, it says, help me, God. You know, help me, I'm drowning. That's how my prayer was. Help me, God. Can you help me? I need help. Can you help me? And that moment, at that moment, I mean, it was awesome. God just came in and filled me with his love and delivered me right on the spot. I mean, God is a powerful God. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. That day, in my life, for the first time, I had an all-in moment with God. I mean, God touched my life, man. I knew that. I was like, man, this God thing is real. He changed me from the inside out. When you're done seeking after other things and you begin to search for him, he's waiting for you. He wants to help you. 
I remember a few years later, man, I was getting into this prayer thing, and um, we had something going on in the church or something. It was real late at night, and uh, well, I'm getting ahead of myself, but anyway, we lived down, when I lived down in Roseburg, Oregon, um, I had this neighbor, his name was Herschel. Herschel was crazy, man. I mean, I'm kind of crazy, but I mean, Herschel, he was, he was crazy. Every time I pull in, bless his heart, he was crazy. Every time I pull him, he'd come right up to this little fence. Hey, how you doing today? Doing good. Where you been? I've been at work. Uh, what do you think about the weather? I mean, every day. Not once, every day. I mean, every day, as soon as I pull in, hey, how you doing today? I'm doing good. Uh, what do you think of the weather? That's great. Did you work today? Yeah, I went to work today. I mean, every day, this was going on. I mean, I would see him out front. I'd kind of do the circle thing after a while. I'd do like a vulture, just kind of circling, hoping he'd go in the house. I mean, he was crazy. I mean, one time, Herschel, I heard this loud noise outside. He had built this big engine on his lawnmower. He was going like 30 miles an hour across his yard. Like, man, come on, Herschel. I mean, he was crazy, man. He was, he was, a, he was a crazy man, bless his heart. I pulled in the driveway one time, and he goes, hey. Yes, Herschel? He goes, hey, uh, I see you leaving every Sunday. I said, yeah. He goes, I see you go up to the stop sign, take a left. I said, yeah, I go up to the stop sign, take a left. He goes, you going to church? I said, yeah, I'm going to church, Herschel. He goes, yeah, I, I thought so. I, I counted. There's 17 churches on this side of town, 13 churches on that side of town. Just kind of wondering which one you go to. I was like, dude, all you got to do is ask, you know. I mean, he's a little wild. He was a little crazy, Herschel was. Bless his heart. Well, one night, I had come back from somewhere. It was like 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. And, man, you ever have those moments with God where you're just like worshiping God, and he just like comes into the car? And, I mean, he just comes in. You're just worshiping God. You're just like, man, this is awesome. God, you're so amazing. You're just, oh, God. You know, I got the big alligator tears coming down. You're just, ah, God, I love you. You know, I, had, I was having one of those moments, and I pulled into the driveway, but I didn't want it to end. It was back in the day, so I had the little twisty thing. You know, he rolled down the window a little bit, had it down about that far. Turned down. I had the worship going. Man, I was just worshiping God, man. I was just like, God. I love you. I'm just like, shandaladada. You know, I'm praying in tongues, man. I'm shooting the machine gun. I'm shandada. I'm, I'm just a praying like a wild man. I mean, I got the tears going. I got the big snot bubbly. And I'm just shandying and a handying. And, and I'm just, you, you ever do like one of these, like, if you listen to yourself, you're like, what are you doing? I was like, God, use me. God, let me speak to my neighbors. Let me, I mean, I'm just like doing all this crazy stuff. I'm just out there, man. It was awesome. Might have been the caffeine, but it was an awesome night. And all of a sudden, I mean, I'm just going for it, and I feel like somebody's watching me. And I'm just like, and I look over, and there's Herschel in the grass staring at me. His eyes are about this big. I'm just like, oh, God, forget about that thing about using me. God, please don't let him see me. I'm wiping the snot off my face. And all of a sudden, I hear this. On my window, there's Herschel knocking on my window. I'm like... Yeah, Herschel. He's like, you speaking in tongues in there? I'm like, oh, man, I've been caught. I'm like, man, I've been caught. Man, you ever get caught doing something? like? It's like, oh. I get out of the car. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I'm speaking in tongues. He goes, you know what? I've been, I've been searching for that gift for 13 years. I've been asking God, but I've never been able to speak in tongues. I said, hey, let's do it. So we just laid hands right there on the driveway. God answered his prayer and that night, God answered mine, too. <laughs> it was crazy. It was crazy. 
What about you? When was the last time you connected with God in prayer? Isaiah 43, 2 says, when you go through the deep waters, I'll be with you. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, you'll not drown. When you walk through the fires of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you, for I am the Lord your God. God is with you. God is for you. Connect with him today in prayer. If you're getting nowhere between here and there, start with prayer. If you're feeling discouraged, start with prayer. If you're somewhere between here and there, start with prayer. King David asked God to create in me a clean heart in prayer. Moses discovered God in prayer. Jeremiah questioned God in prayer. Isaiah's guilt was removed and sin forgiven in prayer. Noah received instruction in prayer. Solomon asked for wisdom and knowledge to lead God's people in prayer. No matter what you're going through between here and there, nothing is too big for God if you'll connect with Him in prayer. No eye has seen, no ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the great things that God has in store for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. God's got a call on your life. God's got a purpose for your life. He's waiting for you. He's waiting for you. He misses you. He wants to connect with you in prayer. If you want to get from where you are to where you want to be, you have to connect with him in prayer. Number two, it starts with the right questions. Acts 9.5. Saul, he's on the ground. He's in the dirt. He got the snot bubbly going on. I mean, he's a train wreck. And uh, his first words are, who are you, Lord? Saul asked, and the voice. See, when he got into prayer, when he got low, when he got on the ground, when he got real with God, that's when he heard the voice. That's when he heard from God. It says, Saul asked, and the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you're persecuting. That day at the altar in my life, he became my savior, my healer, and my deliverer. I'm asking you a question. Who do you need him to be in your life today? Because he's a savior, he's a healer, He's a deliverer, he's a provider, he's a comforter, he's a counselor, he's a helper, he's my strength, he's my shield, he's a friend, he's a defender, he's a fortress, he's a refuge, he's a rock, he's a rescuer, he's a lover of my soul, he is merciful, he is a mighty warrior, he heals the brokenhearted, he is strength for the weak, he picks me up when I am down, he is everything I ever hoped for and all that I'll ever need, he goes behind me. He goes before me. Let me tell you who he is. His name is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the great I am. Come on, somebody. Give him some praise. I mean, God is for you. He's not against you. He is for you. Oh, baby, I'm going to break the training wheels off tonight. I'm feeling good. Number three, it starts with the right direction. So the first, if you want to get from here to there, it starts with prayer. It starts with, you got to know who he is in your current situation. you got to know who God is. And then it starts with the right direction. Acts 9-6, it says, Now get up and go into the city, and you'll be told what you must do. He had to get up. He had to obey before he was told. Now get up and go into the city 
and you'll be told what you must do. This summer, me and Kelsey, where's Kelsey at? My middle girl, we were cruising down I-84, father-daughter date, just me and Kelsey, man, we're going to have a good day. Going down I-84, we're going to the Oregon Zoo. Can't wait, can't wait to see the monkeys. Love the monkeys at the zoo. You know what I'm saying. We're cruising down I-84, we're getting into Troutdale. I get out my phone, get on Siri. Hey, it's your favorite person. Hey, take me to the Oregon Zoo. Nothing. Hey, take me to the Oregon Zoo. And nothing was happening. There was a disconnection. Nothing was happening on my phone. And all of a sudden, the words came up on my phone, not a voice, just words, and it said, take 205 South towards Salem, and I'm looking at it, and then a blue line came up on the screen, and it told me to go straight into Portland. So I'm looking at my phone, I'm like, what do I do? Do I go with the word, or do I go with what I see? Do I go with the word, or do I go with what I see? And you're going to have to make a decision in your life, are you going to go with the word, or are you going to go with what you see? And I'm trying to figure it out, I got cars, I'm trying to figure it out. I got Kelsey over here going, can I go to Dutch Bros? Can we go to Dutch Bros? No, I'm trying to figure this out. I got to go to the bathroom. Take no, I got to figure this out. Can we go to sushi? It's 10 o'clock in the morning. We are not going to sushi. You're not going to the bathroom. We're not doing, we're not doing nothing until I can figure out what to do here. And I mean, cars are zinging past me. I'm freaking out because I want to see the monkeys. I don't want to miss the exit. What do I do? Do I go with what the word says or do I go with what I see? Well, what I did was I went, instead of going with what the Word said, I went with what I saw. And I began to take the wrong exit. But what I noticed was immediately Siri began to do that little, you know, that twisty thing? That's when I knew. I was like, oh, crud, I'm off course. It, it began to twist, but immediately Siri began to give me the directions to get me going in the right direction, just like God. God is so good that even when we make a mistake, he will use it as an opportunity to teach you, to grow you, to correct you, and to develop character in your life. I mean, God is so good. He's so wonderful. He's so awesome that even when we make mistakes in our life, he can, he can use it and he can cause all things to work together for good in your life. Oh, you just got to believe him. You got to trust him. God loves you. God's got a plan for your life. Psalms 32.8 says, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. That's a promise from God. I will guide you. That's awesome. God wants to guide you. He wants to direct your life. Um, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. But you got to get up. You got to get up. Just like he said in 9.6. In, in but you got to get up. Just because it's hard right now doesn't mean it's impossible. You can do this. God will take what seems impossible to you and make it possible. But you got to get up. You got to go. It's time to move on. If you've been hurt, it's time to forgive. Colossians 3, 12, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. That's the direction. The Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. I mean, we, we, we quote that. And, and it sounds easy, but man, I tell you what, it's tough. Forgiveness is not an easy issue sometimes. Forgiveness can be really hard, especially if the cut's really deep. And forgiveness isn't for small people. Forgiveness is God's big idea. 
It takes someone that's big to let things go. You, God wants, you, wants to grow you so you, that you're big, that you're strong, that you, you can forgive just like he forgave you. Offense will keep you, and this is why offense will keep you down. Forgive and God will lift you up. If you feel forgotten, Jesus said, I'm always with you. If you've been abandoned, Psalms 27.10 says, even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. God's got your back. God's for you. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to connect with you. Hey, can we go just a little bit deeper? Can we go a little further in this thing? Have you ever had... Oh, yeah. Have you ever had one of those moments? I know you probably have. Where you're, maybe you're down at the river, you're in the car, you're upset, and you're just talking to God, and, and you just, this is, this is the thought, this is the feeling. God, you don't really understand what I'm going through. God, you don't understand. My parents don't understand. My grandparents don't understand. My spouse don't understand. Nobody really understands what I'm going through. Have you ever felt that way before? Have you ever really felt like you were all alone and nobody really understood what you're going through? You don't even know if God really understands what you're going through? Hebrews 4.15, this is what it says. The high priest, which is Jesus, this high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. He understands. He gets you. He understands you. He knows all about you. He doesn't reject you. He loves you. This high priest of our understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings we do, yet he didn't sin. In Gethsemane, you guys heard about Gethsemane? Matthew 26, 36 through 39. And this is where we really see this play out. Does God really understand me? Then Jesus, I just want to read it. It says, then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane. And he said, sit here while I go over there to pray. Sit here, stay here while I go there. Stay here while I go there. He took Peter, James, and John, and he became very anguished and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. I mean, Jesus was in this moment. He knew it was coming. And I mean, he was crushed with grief. I mean, to the point of death. And, and if you study this out, there's, there's theologians that believe that when Jesus was in this moment, when he was being crushed to the point of death, that he was struggling with suicidal thoughts. That Jesus, you know, the sweet Jesus holding the lamb that we have this picture of, that's not the real thing. Jesus was being crushed, and he was being tempted with suicidal thoughts. And if you think about it, he had to have been so that he could relate with every person at every level, at every time, no matter what they're going through, he's faced it and he overcame it. Think about it. Uh, James and John, Peter, they fell asleep. Jesus is struggling. He came back to them. They're sleeping. They had to be asleep. Why? Because he had to feel the sting of that, that his friends didn't really care. He had to feel the sting of that. So that he could relate with you. He could relate with me at every level 
impossible. He knows about you. He knows where you are. He knows your struggles, and he's there for you. And I love this in verse 39. It says, uh, he, it says, stay here and keep watch with me. And then in 39 it says, he went a little further and bowed down. He was going through all this struggle, but yet it says he went a little bit further. And then he, he prayed. He went a little bit further. He went a little bit further so that when you're going through your struggle and you don't see any way out and you don't know what you're going to do, where you're going to go, how it's going to work out, he went a little bit further so that there's a grace that will be released. Grace is an empowerment from God so that there will be a grace release for you so that you can go a little bit further in your situation. He went a little bit further. He carved out the pathway so that you can go a little bit further too. God always makes a way. God has a way. He understands you. He knows all about you. Hebrews 4, 16 says, So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive mercy, and we will find grace, that empowerment, to help us when we need it the most. God is for you. God's got an empowerment for you. He is merciful Jesus doesn't condemn you. He loves you. He understands you, and he wants to help you. But it's time to get up. It's time to move on. It's time to get going. God has a plan for your life. So it starts with, if you want to build the bridge, if you want to get from where you are to where you want to be, if you want to get from here to there, it starts with prayer. It starts with the right questions, and it starts with the right direction. And number four, and this is the last point, and it starts with the right connections. I mean, if you're hanging around some meatheads, hey, going to be a meathead. Starts with the right connections. And we see this in Paul's life play out. Acts 9, 7 and 9. But there's two types of relationships I want to talk about. We see them in Paul's life. These two types. There's the surface and the solid. Now, the surface, we all know, and we all have surface relationships, you know, the kind you go to work, hey, what's going on? Hey, what's up, dog? You don't really know their name. You just say, hey, what's happening? How you doing? You know, that kind of stuff. You see them at church, hey, how you doing? What's going on? But you don't really have a, a connection with them. Those are just surface relationships. And then there's the solid. Those are, you know, a solid relationship. It's based on unconditional love. It's based out of deep commitment. They will walk with you no matter what you're going through. We see both of these in Paul's life. And, and in the first one, I'm going to read it to you, 7 through 9. This is where we see the surface in Paul's life. The men with Saul stood speechless, for they heard the sound of some, someone's voice, but saw no one. Saul picked himself up off the ground. But when he opened his eyes, he was blind. Saul was on the ground. Remember? He got up, but when he opened his eyes, he couldn't see. He was blind. So his companions, remember? Righteous Nick and uh, Righteous Ryan. Yeah, okay. His companions led him by the hand to Damascus. He remained there blind for three days and didn't eat or drink. See, when things got tough, these were just surface relationships. Saul had surface relationships when it got tough, and... Uh, when he got, think about it, he had service relationship, he got on the ground, he hit the ground, he got up, his eyes were open, and now he's blind. His buddies 
are looking at Paul. Paul's hearing voices. He can't see. He's talking crazy. He had an encounter with God. His friends are like, oh my God, this guy's gone nuts on us. Let's get him to Jerusalem and let's get the heck out of here. That's what surface relationships will do. They just, as soon as it gets tough, they're gone. And that's what Paul had, or Saul had, whatever you want to call him. That's what he had in his life, was just these surface relationships. Proverbs 18.24 says, a man of many friends comes to ruin. I thought we were supposed to have many friends. Well, the, the, why they come to ruin is because they're all surface. He doesn't have any friends that are really deeply committed to. And you may only have one, maybe two, maybe three people in your life that are, that, that are these ones that are deeply, that love you unconditionally, that'll walk with you through every fire in your life. You need some of these people in your life. Um, and then we see the solid relationship. So Paul, he's going through a hard time. He's there, he's blind, he can't see, he hasn't eaten in three days. His friends took off on him. In Acts 9, 17 through 19, it says, So Ananias, this dude's a stud. So Ananias, he went and found Saul. Hey man, he had a section connection right there. He went and he found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. Afterward, he ate some food and regained his strength. That's what a solid relationship will do. They'll take care of you. They'll, they'll, they'll look after you when you're going through a dark moment and you don't really know what's going on. No matter where you are between here and there, we need solid friendships because they will encourage you, they'll pray for you, they'll help you to see when life is difficult. If you don't have anyone like that in your life, then go and be someone. Don't wait for someone to come and be your friend. Go and be theirs. Go look for someone. There's plenty of people right in this place that need that type of commitment. So in closing, it starts with the right position in prayer. It starts with the right questions. It starts with the right direction. And it starts with the right connection. If you want to get from where you are to where you want to be, these are the four things that you want to operate in your life because they'll take you from where you are to where you want to be.